0: It has been a challenging, beautiful, interesting experience. I have lost about half the weight that I gained. I still have halfway to go to be where I want to be, where I feel most like me, and it has it has been an experience of pushing my edges and committing to doing hard things. Hey friends, welcome back to the Make It Inevitable podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zamora, and today I actually want to share a pep talk from me to you from the messy middle of my own journey of trying to do something that has felt not entirely impossible, but pretty impossible to me for the last several years. Some of you who follow me on social media, Instagram in particular, know that I have been doing a metabolic balance program. I am working with Kara Sorensen, who is incredible. She does acupressure work. She does the metabolic balance program and coaching, and she just has a wealth of wisdom around healing our bodies in a natural way. And I have struggled with aspects of my health for the last several years, really since loss and trauma, because what a lot of people don't realize, I certainly didn't, is that sudden loss and grief Trauma, PTSD, abuse, it takes a toll on us physically, on our adrenals, on our nervous system, and that can affect other things like our digestion, our weight, our hormones, all aspects of our physical body can be affected by these very deeply emotional experiences. And I really remember that from grief after my traumatic loss in 2014. I remember being shocked at how physically painful and exhausting grief was, how much it physically hurt, how being someone who had been anxious at times, but had never really dealt with anxiety, how anxious I was, this constant anxiety in my body, this perpetual state of fight or flight. And same with when we are in traumatic situations, toxic relationships, abusive relationships. Not only when we're in them, but when we are outside of them, after the fact, after my abusive relationship, which was really, really broke me down physically in a lot of ways. I had this perpetual hypervigilance. So I would be out and about around town and I could just feel, I was constantly hypervigilant that he might be somewhere, I might run into him. I always had to stay tuned in and aware of my surroundings. And I was very on edge all of the time. And that hypervigilance remained for about a year and a half until I moved myself to the mountains. And I was somewhere where I knew that this person wasn't. And so that constant, that constant state of fight or flight is exhausting. It's taxing to our bodies, to our nervous system, to our adrenals. We're constantly running cortisol through our veins, a stress hormone. We're constantly stressed. We're constantly on edge. And that takes a lot from our body. And that affects everything else. It has certainly affected me in terms of pain, stored trauma, grief has caused physical very, very painful sensations in my body. My back and hips were incredibly painful painful for a long time. It was hard for me to move. It was hard for me to lay down. It was hard for me to sit. Everything hurt. And like this burning sensation in my hips and my back. I have had adrenal fatigue multiple times since my loss. The first time started about nine months after my loss, when my body had run on the fumes of grief and PTSD for as long as it could. I was constantly anxious And that PTSD had led me into the abusive relationship. And so I was constantly on edge, constantly being taxed, constantly overwhelmed and exhausted in that relationship as well. I hadn't eaten normally because my digestion was so messed up from grief and I wasn't eating enough. I wasn't drinking enough water and that is stressful for the body as well. I wasn't sleeping well for a lot of reasons that is stressful to the body. So not only is it the emotional stress, the grief, PTSD, the anxiety, the depression, the kind of ruminating on everything that had happened. It's also what we're not able to do and how we're not able to take care of ourselves physically. So I wasn't sleeping well. That stresses the body. I couldn't eat normally because of the anxiety from the grief and the trauma. My digestion was a mess. So I could only eat certain foods and it was not a well rounded diet. All of that just crashed my adrenal system. And I started gaining weight and I started being so tired that it would exhaust me to walk from the couch to the kitchen. So I really taxed my adrenals and I had other things that showed up. I had the dysphagia, the inability to swallow. I had intense panic attacks. The anxiety was perpetual, but I really crashed my adrenals and they never quite recovered. I worked with the nutritional therapist. I was able to start healing them I moved to the mountains where I could be closer to the Rocky Mountains and the Utah desert where I could be away from all of the people and situations and experiences that were causing me a lot of stress and anxiety and that hypervigilance to be active. I started working out with a trainer who was amazing, who really helped me get stronger physically. I worked with different coaches and mentors, which was something that I did perpetually. I found a great Craniosacral provider. I am a big advocate for craniosacral. It is a form of energy work that works with our nervous system. And the way that I describe it is like massage for the nervous system. So I was still doing a lot to heal myself. But I ended up in another relationship that was not abusive by any stretch of the imagination. But there was constant abandonment. There was a constant feeling of being alone, that I had to take care of myself, that I didn't know what I was going to get and when. And that caused me to have constant anxiety. I got depressed from the relationship, from some of the work that I was doing at the time. And I was still struggling off and on with swallowing, which meant I didn't get enough water a lot of the times. And I, my digestion is always a reflection of my stress levels and what is going on with my body, which is true for most of us. Our gut is a sign of our health and how our body is doing and how our body is coping. And mine was, was a mess off and on. And I would gain weight and I would lose a little. And towards the end of that relationship that I had up in the mountains, we were together off and on for two and a half years, just about, I gained a lot of weight. I gained a lot of weight from my adrenals crashing, from the stress, from my whole system just not working the way that it's designed to, because I had put my body through so much. I had been through so much physically and emotionally. And I couldn't I couldn't lose the weight no matter what I tried. It just didn't work. And so I talked to Kara, who is incredible. We'll link to her in the show notes. And she had been a client of mine for a long time. We had worked together in different capacities. And I reached out to her for support. And we got me on her metabolic balance program. Well, it's not hers, but it's a program that she is a coach for. And I started that program and it has been it has been a challenging, beautiful, interesting experience. I have lost about half the weight that I gained. I still have halfway to go to be where I want to be, where I feel most like me. And it has, it has been an experience of pushing my edges and committing to doing hard things because i struggle i have poor executive function i always say around certain things and i have to say that joking and i have to say that with truth ptsd really changed the way that my brain works tracks information processes things there are certain things just like daily life things that were always hard for me as a person but are even harder now and logistics and Planning in certain ways, um, keeping track of a lot of information without it being visually in front of me can be really difficult for my post PTSD brain. And doing something like metabolic balance, which requires you to think (laughs) very strategically about every meal, to weigh absolutely everything that you're eating, to combine things in a certain way and to constantly be changing those combinations. So three meals a day, certain foods, certain weights at each meal, different weights if things are frozen or fresh or cooked or uncooked. And depending on when you eat them, is it at the lunch meal? is it the dinner meal? you the math changes and the combinations have to cycle through each meal, through each day and you need to mix things. So it's this incredible program that's based off your blood work and gives you the foods that your body really needs to heal in the ways that it needs to heal. For my executive function, for my post-PTSD brain, it was really, really difficult at first. (laughs) To have to think in that way, to have to plan and, and bring in this layer of logistics to just feeding myself was really challenging for me. And I did it. And it was this constant battle with myself, this constant recommitment, this constant frustration that I had to bump up against and move myself through this constant tapping back into why I was doing this. And it's, it's way more than just looking the way that I want to look. It's feeling the way that I want to feel. It's having, having my health back, really, truly healing everything in my body that has been hurt and damaged and rewired and even broken from all of the past traumas and even choices that I made in my early twenties around like diet culture and just unfortunate and bad choices that I made, um, disordered eating that I had. And and so healing all the way back through that, like this journey is, I want to feel like me again in terms of how I look and how I feel. But I also, I want to be the healthiest version of myself and I want to heal everything that my body has been through and it has been through a lot. And so I had have to constantly tap back into that why and recommit and claim the desire and move through every stopper. And there were a lot of stoppers. <laughs> there is a lot around emotional eating for me. There is a lot around a lot of trauma around feeling restrained and restricted and controlled. And this is by its nature, a very strict program for a window of time. And it then sets the foundation for these are the foods that are best for your body. And you have more freedom to eat and be around food differently once you're through the program. But while your body is healing, it's very strict by nature. And so that brought up a lot of trauma and the emotional eating of Food is the way that I have comforted myself throughout my life. And that is not an option anymore. Even eating things that I don't like and I don't want to. And I, 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 you're not the boss of me. You can't tell me what to do. So I've had to move through a ton of subconscious stoppers to stay committed to this thing that I deeply, deeply want and desire. And that I have a lot of trust and faith in with somebody who I really trust to lead me through it. And I will share more about this program in different ways, um, not necessarily on the podcast. I'm, I'm currently working on a YouTube series that will be coming out. It will be like the the vlog on steroids. And that is probably where I will share more of this journey. Um, but for now, what I want to say is is I have been on this program for five months now. And it has been very slow for me because of certain choices that I made when I was younger, because of what needs to be healed in my body and the way that that healing needs to be stacked. Like if we could get to this thing, all of it would move more quickly, but we can't get to this thing because this thing is imbalanced and needs healing. And this thing needs to be addressed before that. And we can't get to that because we need to to do this. And so it is really tested and challenged my patience, my commitment, and a feeling that I've carried for many years now since, since adrenal fatigue first hit me that I can't reach what in my mind is the best shape of my life because I haven't been able to. Because I would have adrenal fatigue and I would have to stop working out and I would just gain weight even if I ate incredibly healthy because even when I would work out with incredible trainers who would get me into like my best shape in terms of strength, they would still not be able to lose all the weight I or I would gain it back every time that I would start to get in a groove it felt like with having energy and feeling like myself i would I would something would happen in my life or there'd be a period of stress and it would re-trigger the adrenal fatigue and right back to the beginning. And over the, I guess it would be like six or seven months from when I moved home and over the time from when I really tried to start losing all the weight that I gained while in that last long-term relationship. Um, and, and, before I started metabolic balance, like when I was really ready to start addressing my health, like I didn't just want to lose the weight, I wanted to feel like myself again, I wanted to have my energy back. I wanted my body to be healthy and to have that strong foundation where I didn't have to worry so much about adrenal fatigue cropping up and taking over i couldn't no matter what I did, I couldn't get my energy back. um My metabolism and my hormones were very just out of whack, and I couldn't. I couldn't lose the weight. I I couldn't feel better. And so there was a lot of frustration around, maybe this just isn't possible for me. You know, we we hear the conversation and this has been said to me a lot on different journeys of making the impossible happen that maybe we just need to accept where we are and there is power in acceptance. Absolutely. We need to love and accept ourselves where we are. We need to be present with and grateful for where we are. And we still have to claim what it is that we really desire. It is both. You can claim what you really want, which is very different from where you are now. And that doesn't negate or invalidate the gratitude for what is. The acceptance of what is. So I had to really work on self-love and acceptance of this is where I am. This is how I feel. This is how I look. Can I love myself here? And really unpacking a lot of patriarchal things, societal things, and healing my relationship to my body and my weight and really loving myself where I was at and giving myself permission to just be where I am while also figuring out, what can I try that I haven't tried? Like, what do I actually need? Clearly, everything that used to work isn't working anymore. So something... Something else needs to be addressed. And talked to Kara, got on the program, got started, lost about half the weight over the last five months and have stalled out, have stalled out and am in that messy middle of things getting worse before they get better in certain ways with certain aspects of my health and my body and how it feels. And that has been really frustrating because I just want to feel better. Like, yes, I would love to lose the rest of the weight. I just want to feel better. And in a lot of ways, I am. I am feeling a lot better. But there are certain things that have gotten worse. And when it comes to both healing, but also making the impossible happen, there are a lot of, not all, not always, but there are a lot of instances where things get worse before they get better. And that has been true. With a lot of things in my personal healing journeys, particularly grief and trauma, healing from both of those and rebuilding my life after everything unraveled and came undone from grief and trauma, things had to get worse before they got better. I don't think that that is always true. Sometimes there is healing and there are journeys that are just, they just get better. You know, it's just this consistent uptrend and that's wonderful and beautiful. And if that's what your journey is, I am so happy for you. And I have certainly had journeys like that for me now and for me healing from grief and trauma. That was not the case. Things had to come more undone. And there were things that I had to actively consciously choose to break further, to break all the way through so that they could really truly begin to mend the way that they were meant to and I liken this to when we break a bone or we we break a bone or refracture it, there are times, not always, there are times that they actually have to fully break the bone to set it, to reset it correctly so that it can it can heal the way that it is supposed to. And that is what a lot of my healing journeys have looked like. It has looked like this has to be broken further. This has to hurt worse more. I have to consciously choose to make this worse first so that I can heal. Otherwise things will always be off. They'll always be painful. They won't be right. I won't be able to step into what is next. That has been really true for me in a lot of aspects of my journey. If you haven't read my, my memoir unravel, we'll link to that in the show notes. I share a lot about that, what that looked like healing from grief and trauma and abuse. How, how many things had to get worse before they could get better and how I navigated that and how it felt my process of moving through that. So it's all available to you in Unravel. For this journey that I'm on right now, and this show is all about making the impossible inevitable. Moving it from impossible to possibility to reality. And I want to share stories. We're going to have more guest interviews. I want to share stories of people who are on the other side of making the impossible happen and what it really took to do that. But we're also going to have conversations with people who are in the messy middle of their journey, because that is as important as seeing that there is a path through and how people navigated that. I am in the messy middle of this journey. Things are worse in some ways than before I started this healing process. And that's just what needs to happen right now. And I had a call last night. So the night before this recording with my coach, with Kara, and she is incredible and she is committed and she is dedicated and she is so, so smart and wise. And I'm frustrated, but I'm still committed. And I have had to remind myself as much as I've had to remind my clients in certain journeys that they're on, this is part of the process. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. That doesn't mean that we quit. That doesn't mean that things aren't working. In fact, oftentimes it means they're working exactly how they need to. My body has been through a lot throughout my lifetime, especially in the last eight years. A lot. A lot of not being able to drink enough water or eat properly. A lot of stress, a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse a lot of hypervigilance, a lot of grief. Grief is so taxing to the body, as is trauma and PTSD. Your body gets caught in a loop with PTSD. Hypervigilance is this constant drain of energy. I actually remember a friend of mine talking about coming to visit me when I was going to be up in the mountains right before I moved. He and I were chatting and he wanted to come visit me. And he said to me, I'm thinking about taking the bus up Rather than putting more wear and tear on my vehicle. And I remember that seeming like such an odd thing for someone to think about. And it really upset and unsettled me. And I had to sit with why, like, why was that such a like in my face thing for someone to say when it made perfect sense intellectually And I remember realizing in that moment that I was far too hypervigilant to have any bandwidth for non-essential thoughts, processes, feelings. I did not have the capacity anymore to think about certain things. I was in survival mode because I was in such a constant and heightened state of hypervigilance after the abusive relationship, living where I was living, could not be out in the world without that hypervigilance. Is this person here? What will I do if they show up? Just feeling unsafe, existing out in the world. It really made me realize how much of our bandwidth goes to that hypervigilance. So there's a lot that I've, my body has been through, emotional and physical abuse and trauma. Of course, it needs more time to heal. Of course, it's in a deep process that doesn't involve the things that I want to see happening. It's healing on a deeper level, on a cellular level. Things are repatterning. Things are processing out of me. Different aspects of my body are adjusting. And shifting and transitioning and releasing. Of course. Does that make me any less frustrated? No. Sometimes. Mostly no. Does that change that I'm still wanting to be somewhere that I'm not? And that sometimes causes me to feel the frustration, to feel the, maybe I should just do something else, the urgency of like, I just want this to be over. When we're in the messy middle. When we're in the hard parts. When we're frustrated. When we're tired. When it seems like nothing is working. It's very, very easy for us to succumb to the belief that what we want is not possible. But that is not true. We're just in the messy middle. We're just at the point where sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. And it requires a deeper level of commitment from us to what it is that we say that we want. And a willingness to continue to show up and ask questions. What can I do that I haven't done? What can I try that I haven't done? Can I go one more day, one more week, one more month? Am I committed to seeing this through? This is a challenging, challenging point in our journeys. And that is why I wanted to share my own messy middle. Because I have made really incredible things happen rapidly. Things that seemed impossible. That were impossible based on circumstances when I started based on who I was and where I was at and how I was feeling. I know that this methodology works and still having created and lived this methodology, having watched it work for clients and program members, still in the messy middle, I still feel all the things that you feel. Frustrated. Just want to quit. It's not working. I start to tell myself stories, see, I knew this was impossible for me. See, I knew there was a ceiling, a limit To how much I can have, how far I can go, who I can be, how healthy I can be in this case. What my body can look like. How I can feel. Stories. So I recommit. I tap back into the why of what it is I want. And I give myself the time and space to be frustrated when I am. To take mental health breaks. And I ask for support. And I keep. Leaning into, let's try this. Let's go a little longer. Who else can I ask for support? What else needs to be addressed? Working with somebody who has experience and expertise in this, who can help guide me through it, who can hold space for me, who can move with me as is needed. Support is really critical to making the impossible inevitable and making it a reality. Whether that support is with me or with someone else, whether it's having a group or community, family, friends, people who will hold you accountable to what it is that you say that you want, who will love you through the challenging parts, who won't tell stories about you to you when you do need to quit and take breaks, who simply meet you where you're at and say, okay, are you ready to go again? Let's go again. Let's try this. You haven't thought about that. Let's address this. We'll see what happens. If it makes things worse, that's more information. Oh. Or you're just in that part of the process where things need to get worse before they can get better. What is it that you desire and how important is it to you to have those things? It's very easy for us to say, I was actually in conversation with somebody the other day who said, I tried everything. Did you? Or did you try a certain number of things for a certain period of time and then decide that it wasn't going to work? That's very different than trying everything. And sometimes we learn in the process that we have to go for something different. That doesn't mean that we give up on what we want. That just means that maybe the path looks differently. We learn as we go. This isn't what I actually wanted. Mm. It's not flowing in this way. Is it because I'm doing this because I think I should? It's ego driven? What do I really want? And we learn in the process. This is not the path. These are not the solutions. This is not my support person, community, group. We learn, we gather information. I am learning how much my body needs to heal in ways that don't look like how I want them to. It's not a reason to quit persistence. Listen to the episode on persistence, where I talk about what persistence really means, how to tap into that for yourself. It's persistence of purpose, what we're called to, what we desire, what that looks like might change as we go. We might learn some things and say, "Mm, this path is not going to be as linear as I thought it would be as easy as I thought it would be. Hmm, That didn't work at all does not mean that what you want is not possible. It means that the path that you thought you could take, the way that you thought it should look, it's not gonna work. Persistence, commitment, and a willingness to be in the messy middle for as long as it takes. And sometimes it takes a lot longer than we want it to. Are you committed? How important is it to you? And are you willing to keep going, to keep asking questions, resting when you need to, Even quitting temporarily when you need to. Recommitting, getting back up, going again, trying different things, navigating your way through the messy middle. There's a messy middle in every journey, and sometimes it's a blip. It's a little bit of a challenge here or there in the middle of that easy uptrend. And sometimes it's like this it's weeks or months of frustration. Sometimes with some things, it can even be years. There are ways to accelerate this process, but you won't accelerate it. If you don't believe that it's possible, if you're doubting it, if you worry that it's not going to work for you, you have to tap back into that trust, that desire. You can be afraid, can be uncomfortable. You can have moments of fear, doubt, and worry, frustration, story. What matters is what you do next. Do you recommit? Do you get back in motion? Do you stay the course? Do you take what's happening as information, not interpretation and meaning and stories that trigger your winning strategy and and push what you want even further away? It's an information that you can now do things with. My messy middle is ripe with information about what my body needs. It sucks. I'm frustrated. Sometimes I just want to quit. Sometimes I want to buy into the stories that are running in my head around it but I also know this is part of the messy middle and that I'm gathering information that will ultimately help me get where I want to go. If I stay committed and persistent. So that's what I have for you today. Just a pep talk and an honest share from one of my own messy middles, because this show is about showing you what it's like. Making the impossible happen is challenging by nature. It wouldn't be impossible or feel impossible if there wasn't something challenging about getting to it and making it a reality. Can you go into it knowing that? Can you remember that? My body has a lot of healing to do and I have been on some healing journeys and I know sometimes it gets harder before it gets better. Sometimes that is necessary. That is forward momentum in a way that doesn't feel like forward momentum. Can I stay steady? Can I see it through? Can I love myself where I'm at? Accept where I'm at and stay in motion around what I want? That's the work. That is how the messy middle becomes a part of the story of making the impossible happen that we tell later. We have to walk through this part and we have to get support when we need it. Because it's really easy to quit. And there are a lot of unknowns. There are a lot of stoppers that come up. So if you're in your own messy middle right now, I am sending love and hugs. You are not alone. You never were. What is it that you want? What is it that you need? And how will you stay in motion? Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of our incredible community of purpose-driven individuals. If you are ready to put these teachings into practice in your own life, head on over to www.stephaniezamora.com podcast, where you'll get access to our collection of actionable and easy to implement workbooks. That includes our renowned methodology for making the impossible inevitable that's helped hundreds of individuals worldwide get into motion on their most important goals, plus our comprehensive guide to stopping self-sabotage and navigating the terror barrier with more grace and ease. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.